everybody, and welcome to Film Actually News for the 28th of the 5th, 2012. I am Dave McVeigh, and I am joined by Josh Philpot. How are you, Josh? Yeah, what? What's going on? <laughs> it's very late at night. This is the sound of being recorded at late at night. <laughs> All voices should be done at that volume when it's that late at night. Uh, yeah, we should just but do the this. problem is that people won't be listening to the show this late at night, or not, not, not involuntarily. Well, like we that, that's true. They're probably passed out on the couch if we talk like that the whole film. Could you imagine doing the entire show like, yes, and today's story is... <laughs> it's called radio, and there's plenty of it out there. That's very yeah. true. We're, We're also... A totally different beast. Uh, we, we, we hope to be. We're also joined by Richard Gray. Richard, are you awake? <laughs> I'm awake, and we're uh, bringing this plane in at about uh, 25,000 feet, and uh, uh, we'll just be uh, cruising over the West Coast until uh, we find a place to land this thing. You see, it's far too early for us to be this disjointed. Let's get back to the show. Let's explain to the good listeners out there what they're listening to, to start with, because they're probably going, what the hell have I downloaded? Uh, this is Film Actually News. This is our news component of the Film Actually podcast, where we take a look at the week's entertainment news, and we try and keep it as lighthearted as possible, because, quite frankly, everybody else does it seriously, so, you know, what the hell? <laughs> Why should we? Um, now, uh, this first story up tonight, guys, I thought was probably the most interesting piece of news this week. Dude, I um, got my punching bags out. I'm ready for this one. <laughs> uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation, which was originally scheduled to come out on June 29th, a big summer release this year. Uh, I believe Paris Paramount actually put on a screening of, of 3D footage, which you went to, Josh, and wrote up for us. Oh, it wasn't 3D, but it was footage. Oh, it wasn't 3D. Okay, good. Of course it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there was a big push. This was going to be their big their big tentpole, and let's not beat around the bush. Paramount hasn't got a lot to release uh, at the moment, uh, which no. is kind of a shame, but they don't have a lot to release at the moment. Well, it came out this week that it's been pushed. They're actually moved the release date to, you would think, what, July maybe? What? Yeah, I was thinking maybe July, mid-July. Yeah, how about March 29th, 2013? <laughs> what the frack so is that about? Quick maths, that's uh, nine months. Nine months from now, and apparently mm, they're, nine months. they're claiming that it's because they're doing some, uh, some, uh, some reshoots for the 3D and making the 3D look better and blah, blah, blah. Do we buy this? Um, you first, Richard. Well, I actually think, yes, I do buy it. I think that they've decided to do it in 3D and I think that is accounting for much of the delay. Um, I think a small delay, but the thing is it seems like a reasonable enough move in this summer to delay it slightly because you've got Prometheus and Snow White and Amazing Spider-Man and Dark Knight Rises and all these other movies coming out. That mm. seems like a reasonable enough move. But you've got this gaping hole for Paramount where they've got nothing else internationally except for Madagascar 3 and Paranormal Activity 4 for the rest of the year. And now let's, let's, let's think both of these are huge money makers for them. So they do have two huge money making franchises to work from. But really, you want something else. I've got to say, it just seems like the weirdest concept because it's like you're pushing it back for 3D. It almost feels like they saw the adventures and went, Fuck that, and just decided that they would wait a year just so that they didn't have to get scorned by it. Um, this is ridiculous. Like, there is no possible reason. There is no amount of reshoots unless you reshoot the entire film that makes up for pushing a film nine months that was essentially ready. The footage that I saw was great. I just, like, what? Is there missing parts to the rest can, of the can film? I just throw out a, a, a wholly different take on that, which is they knew 
all these 3D films were coming out when they went into production on this thing. They knew all of this was happening. They know the current trend on 3D films, on big box office, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why is it like literally a few weeks before it's released going, oh, we were supposed to do 3D. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> it's almost like they think they're going to get more money out of the film if they do it in 3D. And current, think, current trends are saying that's not going to happen. But yes, Richard, go on. Oh, because the, uh, the Rock's pecs weren't looking poppy enough. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, that's obviously an issue. I can see that. But why didn't yeah. they lead with that? That's uh, what I'm saying. Now, speaking of The Rock, he actually tweeted, this is where this kind of came from. <laughs> and he actually said, uh, they're designing new scenes to enhance the 3D and then he retweeted uh, from somebody else, from Jimmy and GA, who knows who that is. But it says, he was looking forward to G.I. Joe next month. Hope the 3D is worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, according, according to a deadline, there was a quote from um, one of the Hasbro president, who seems to be controlling everything, um, <laughs> who said, they're going to do a conscientious 3D job because we've seen um, how it can do better box office internationally. Jim Cameron did all of Titanic's 3D in post. And look how well that movie turned out. <laughs> that's a joke right that I know I, I, I put that I, I pulled out that quote thinking it was a joke but no it's actually from well as as, as well no it's, it is a joke because it's from the Hasbro president but it's, uh, I, I just I just think it's bizarre like I mean it's like you know really Titanic 3D that's what you're basing your decision on I mean it's there is actually it's a very Mm. There is actually part of this article that says, uh, this is actually written up on Slash Film, uh, where they actually talked about, now, if they're going off and reshooting stuff specifically for 3D, does that mean they're actually shooting these new scenes natively in 3D, or is this all still post-converted stuff? And if it's all still post-converted stuff, you've got to ask yourself, uh, that means it's just reshoots. Well, because here, the actual title, if you look at slashfilm.com forward slash G.I. Joe Retaliation Native 3D Reshoots. Yeah. That's like that. So they're reshooting scenes so that they can make it look fancy. What? I have a real problem with this. <laughs> I have a real this problem. Is a, this is the dumbest thing I've seen people do in ages. It's like no amount of 3D is going to fix this. And you're not Titanic. You don't have a demographic of everyone in the world. You only have a demographic <laughs> of people that like toys and people that like action films. That's you know, all you're old, getting. There's an old saying that covers this. You can't polish a turd. That's <laughs> very, very <laughs> true. Can I also make one last observation on this? Which hmm. is, it's G.I. Joe. <laughs> you know, yes, like, David, my point stands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the point is that, I, I, which is exactly the point you're making, Richard, which is this is not Shakespeare, for one. But more importantly, did the first G.I. Joe actually make enough money to warrant all of this? I'm actually looking it up on Box Office Mojo right now because I'm really curious. Can you imagine Shakespeare in 3D? <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, dude, I can't even find it on Box Office Mojo. Isn't that sad? <laughs> Are you spelling uh, Joe right? I think so. <laughs> Let's try Rise of Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, here it is okay here it is alright so 175 million dollar production budget was the first one okay it's total domestic gross was 150 hmm. and then mm. it made another 150 overseas this is not stellar box office not for a 175 million dollar film 
But you look at that Hasbro president quote, it was about we're doing this for international box office. He didn't say anything about domestic box office. Oh, but international it's, box office was only $152 million on the first I know, but, the, but this is what they're saying. The 3D international box office prices, they can they got, as they saw with Avengers, they can get, you know, six, seven hundred million just off international box office. That's what they're looking at. They're the sorts of numbers. International has changed the whole market now. So I don't know. They... I, I don't know whether it's the fact that we charge more overseas for 3D sessions or, or what it is because we're, char- what, what, we're charging, what, $20 plus? Yeah, um, we've got, what is it? We've got, we've got 25 what, Yeah, you we've know. got, what is it? A, it's a $4 or $5 surcharge on 3D. So. Yeah, so for the 3D VMAX session <laughs> here in Australia, you're, you're, you're talking big vickies and if that's the tr- that trend holds around the world and it, and it does because I know in certainly in the UK they charge more for 3D sessions as well. Um, you know, maybe you are looking at a, a, a much bigger market for 3D than you can possibly imagine. But how much is this going to cost them? I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I shudder to is, even think. In, is this know? film? I've seen the trailers for this film. Is it really worth it? You know. Anyway, ah, mm. uh, well, let's move on. We've beaten this horse to death. But uh, look, Paramount not a wise move. I would have just released it in 2D and be done with it. You know, and it's like it's it's too close to its release date to move because all that's going to happen now is we're all going to just immediately go. The film's a dog. Mm. It's being pushed back because it's a dog. You know what I mean? And that's because traditionally that's what happens. Mm. Mm. And the other thing to think about is after nine months of reshoots, people are going to have massively high expectations. This is going to be the Duke Nukem of of the film industry. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, I'm not even joking. It's like if you push an action film back nine months and it's not spectacular, then everybody's just going to be like, well, f- fuck, man, that wasn't worth my time. Wait, let me set the Wayback Machine because I believe we have two examples of this exact thing happening. Ooh, 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 uh, Clash of the Titans. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of that one. I was thinking of two, oh. two other ones. I was thinking Daredevil ooh, and yeah. Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah. Oh, were both originally summer films pushed to March. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that was the other thing, the March uh, release date was uh, Hunger Games. Uh, Hunger Games proved that March was an actual viable box office take. Um, and that's what they're kind of writing on. They're writing on the fact that, hey, Hunger Games did it. G.I. Joe can do it so, too. Different can, movie people. Can, can, <laughs> I, can, I just, so can I just break down the, the logic of this situation? So essentially what they're saying is um, they're going to post-convert and reshoot scenes in 3D because... They get. They want Avengers money, so this is a series based on an entire group of people that have been reading these things and watching these films for mm. about their entire lives. And they're going. Titanic did well when they brought that back in 3D, which is a film available for everyone in the world because a, it's a real story, and b, it's an amazing cinematic experience. And then the last one was what again? Sorry. Sorry. Oh well, like, well the, the other one, the other big post convert of this year was Phantom Menace. No, no, no. You, you were saying the other thing was they were saying March. So an established yeah. book series. Oh, oh, the yeah, first oh, film yeah. Out of an established book series sold in March, so that way you're going to get that money. So essentially, they're writing on the fact that if they put all these three things together, this will be the greatest film of all time. Is but, that what they're aiming what, for, money wise? That's what they're aiming for. So. But the reality is, it's a sequel to GI Joe. <laughs> it's a sequel to GI Joe. It's going to get none of the components that made any of those films successful. So this is just freaking stupid. Yeah, it is. I think Paramount's I, made a big raw. misstep. They've made a big Sorry. misstep on this one, and they've now also completely eliminated their major tentpole for summer. 
Mm, Bye. Exactly. Okay. I was actually looking forward to that. I don't know if I'll be looking forward to it in March. No, because now we've got this kind of weird stigma attached to the back end of it. Anyway. Mm. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Boy, that was 11 minutes of our show. Just right there. There it is. That's the show. Da, 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 da. Boom. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think any of these other films need to be talking about. Richard, really. tell me about the fava beans. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Clarice, you're getting your own show. Um, apparently, Lifetime is in the early stages of developing Clarice, which is going to be based on the character of Clarice Starling from Silence of the Lambs. Uh, this is off the back of, as well, NBC are apparently doing a 13-episode series on Hannibal uh, based on Hannibal Lecter. So it's going to be Silence of the Lambs TV shows until the cows come home. Can, can, can we just back that up for one second on Lifestyle? No. Lifetime. No, lifetime. 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 Lifetime, they're going to have a show about serial killers. No, it's about Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll actually probably be really tame and actually just be about her running away from the farm and that's it. It'll be about her, li- her love life. Yeah. I don't even know if they'll be able to do the whole thing about the lambs in there. Tell us about the lambs, Clarice. I can't. I'm on Lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> NBC has a better chance of making a Hannibal series fly, but I actually would have thought if they're going to do this, put it on cable. Um, anyway. but it puts uh, the lotion on her skin and applies liberally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. Yes. Now, I haven't had a chance to see this, so tell us about it. All right, there's a trailer out at the moment for a film called Maniac, and this is a very uh, interesting departure from his usual film because Elijah Wood is in this film. Um, And it is a very, very creepy-looking film that's essentially about, well, it's in the title, um, a man who uh, seems to have an obsession with uh, uh, plastic uh, mannequins and uh, also seems to like to kill people as well. Um, it's gory, it has tits, it has uh, lots of blood, and um, it actually does look quite intriguing because, number one, if we all remember back to uh, Sin City, he actually plays a creepy mm. dude pretty well. He was fantastic in Sin City. Uh, I have a question. Do yes. we know if this is a remake of the 1980 film Maniac, or is this something new? Uh, I don't know that film. Tell me about it. Uh, it was a it was a slasher film, basically. It's a long time since I saw it, but I'm looking it up <laughs> for you right now on IMDb. So tell me if this sounds like the trailer you just watched. All right. Yeah. Uh, a psychotic man troubled by his childhood uh, abuse, loose in New York City, kills young women and takes their scalps as trophies. Will he find the perfect woman in photographer Anna and end his killing spree? Actually, that I, I can quite similar. I can go you on better according to Internet Movie Database. It's a remake of Maniac. Oh, there you Damn. go. Yeah, there you go. Damn. But yes, from the trailer, okay. it also looks like that as well. So, yeah, there's that. Oh, and I've got some better news for you. Are you ready yeah. for the better news? It's yeah. directed, the original one was yep. directed by William Lustig. We mentioned that name a few weeks ago. Josh, do you remember? <laughs> because he was the director of the original Maniac Cop. Yes, he was. Yes, he oh. was, which we talked about the fact that they're doing a uh, prequel to, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, there you no, go. So boy, he's back all over the place, isn't he? Yeah. And, and oh, and he is a producer of the Maniac remake. I believe the other producer is um uh, uh it starts with A. Um he was in he was in leagues with Mirrors, wasn't he? Oh, oh um really, really. Aja. Oh oh, oh oh Alexander Aja. Yeah, I'm oh. pretty sure I'm pretty sure on the trailer I saw that pop up. So um it looks like it's got a decent team behind it. Like I said, the creepiness factor is there, but the question is, is it creepy and well done or will it just turn into a gore fest with very little story it's i couldn't get that from the trailer it's sort of it it sits somewhere in between both of those things okay for those who for those who think the name is familiar alexander aja was the one who directed piranha 3d 
Uh, so yeah, there could be a gore fest. <laughs> and, and he did the Hills Have Eyes remake as well, didn't he? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, okay, this you know I'm I'm now interested. Yeah, well, look, I it, I just thought it deserved to mention because it looks interesting. And if I'm really clever, I might even insert a clip of the trailer right about here. Is this your shop? Yes, it is. It's amazing. Who's Angela? The name on the sign. My mother. So there you go. <laughs> that was awesome. Things you can do in post. <laughs> All righty. Uh, what am I talking about? Oh, yes. Mark Millar has been talking about Kick-Ass again. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> really? Did he say that it's going to literally come with a packet of blow this time or something like that? Like, like what, what, what amazing things is he telling us this time? The thing that I thought was interesting, he's actually done an interview on Digital Spy where he's actually talking about the Kick-Ass 2 movie. And he's basically saying that, yes, the script is written, but we can't trust a word this man says. But the thing that he actually did say that I thought was interesting was he said that in the comic book, Kick, uh, Hit Girl, we actually did this on Behind the Panels, so we can actually, we, Richard and I know about this, uh, Hit, uh, Hit Girl is kind of sidelined for most of the comic. Mm. Um, apparently, they're going to open the movie with a 30-minute Hit Girl film. Which leads, wow. which leads into the Kick-Ass story. And he actually said 30% of Kick-Ass will be Hit-Girl, and then the second, second 70% will be back to our, our hero Kick-Ass. So they've restructured things a little bit for the movie version of Kick-Ass 2, if this is indeed going ahead. Interesting. Mm. <clears throat> which I thought was very interesting. Now the, the bigger question that we raised on Behind the Panels, of course, is, is Chloe Moritz too old to play Hit-Girl now? Mm. Which we don't know. So mm. we'll have to wait and find out. But uh, apparently the entire How cast... How much further is, is it set on? That's the question I have. It was only a, a, a year or something, wasn't it, Richard? I can't remember now. They're yeah, it was it's, something... It's, it's, it's only, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's basically, yeah, she's just resettled with a new family. So, yeah, it's, it's not that far away, so... So I don't know how they're going to do that. But anyway, that's, that's the latest on Kick-Ass 2. So we'll wait to see what happens. As I say, Mark Millar talks and talks and talks, and we don't ever actually see anything. So we'll see what happens. And look, as a comic book writer, I love him. But as a movie spokesman, he's not very good at this. <laughs> 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 uh, Richard. What? Okay. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> uh, Malin Ackerman, kind of hot. Uh, Debbie Harry uh, in her heyday, also kind of hot. Uh, so Malin Ackerman's going to be playing Debbie Harry in a movie based on uh, the famous nightclub CBGB. So that's easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, Malin, so this is the second time Malin Ackerman's taking on a real character because she's also doing the Linda Lovelace, the other. That's right. She's doing the other Linda Lovelace movie. And at the it's moment, totally she's also confusing at this stage. By the way, I still don't know which film. Whenever I see news, I have to read the entire thing just to figure out which one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, get... sorry, Richard, go. No, I would say she's also in Rock of Ages this month or next month, which is uh, another music theme film around set around the same time. So uh, I think she's just gone eighties and, oh. and porn star. Eighties and porn star sounds good to me. I have yeah. no problems with that. Josh, yeah, dinosaurs, aliens. Tell me. Well, I think that uh, like we haven't talked about it yet, but uh, I thought that um, the recent film that um, was out, Men in Black Three, uh, wasn't that bad. It was uh, it was quite well done, and therefore I am interested now in what uh, the uh, Barry Summerfield is the director. Was right, Sonnenfeld. Yep. 
Yes, thank you. My God, that was why I was pausing. I literally couldn't <laughs> think of his name. I'm drawing a mental blank if anybody hasn't been uh, aware of this yet. It's very late at night. Um, anyway, so here's uh, him and comic book writer Grant Morrison um, uh, working on adapting a gravel gravi- graphic A gravel novel. novel. Good, cool. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Called uh, Dominion, Dinosaurs versus Aliens. Now, we've already seen a versus aliens film, and uh, that worked out all right. Um, so we're looking at photorealistic 3D uh, CG film in 3D about intelligent dinosaurs and speaking aliens. This has that has that annoying thing where it could sit literally on either side of the coin here. We either are going to have an absolutely tragic film or this could be a lot of fun. Um, have either of you even seen or heard of this um, quite <clears throat> interesting sounding comic book? Yeah, no, it's actually the comic book's not out yet. They're actually working on the comic book at the same time as the film. So it's kind of like kick-ass in that sense that they're, they're kind of developing this thing to be made into a film at the same time that they're writing it. So uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, concept in and of itself. And this is something that's increasingly happening in the in the comics world. There's like – we talked about it on Behind the Panels. Is that company um, – Making Charter, comics. I think it was. Yeah, making comics specifically for film projects, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And this isn't quite that because this is Grant Morrison and Barry Sonnenfeld. So mm. the caliber is a little higher. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it sounds interesting, but I, I saw this story, Josh, under the, the headline, uh, Dinosaurs versus Aliens Will Not Be a Silent Film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I just tell you, the only thing that gives me real hope about this, Sonnenfeld aside, because, you know, I kind of like Sonnenfeld, and he's, he's made some missteps, but I kind of like him. But Grant Morrison makes this kind of exciting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, no. He comes up with some really, really interesting ideas, except for the big thing where he came out in the news and said that Batman was gay. That was just stupid. But, uh, <laughs> that cow. Sorry? And Batcow. And Batcow, that's right. Listen to Behind the Panels, people. You'll know more about it. Anyway. Well, look, I, it, look, at, at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to get a whole bunch of hits, you're also probably going to get a bunch of misses as well. That's um, true. Those, those sound like some pretty big misses, uh, to be honest. Batcow's um, funny. No, Batcow's funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a throwaway in the comic. It's actually quite funny. <laughs> I see. Um, but yeah, look, it sounds interesting. The dinosaurs have learned from aliens. They're smart. Um, uh, and apparently they have rudimentary weapons. Rudimentary weapons sounds interesting because the idea of a T-Rex running around with a spear doesn't quite work in my mind. I just don't see how he would really do anything big with that. big hammer and he wants to hit you on the head with it. Uh, yeah, but it's a T-Rex. His <laughs> arm's the size of midget arms. Yeah, but that's like, that's in proportion to his body. That arm is still bigger than your entire body. Yeah, but what is he going to be holding? A sledgehammer like a toothpick, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no way that a sledgehammer works in a T-Rex's hands. Anyway, I'm getting far too into this. All right, but we got to move on, on anyway because we've only got eight minutes left. So right. we're going to fly through the next couple here, and I'm going to say, remember how I said when the Snow White films came out there was a third one, and I couldn't remember what it was? Oh, yes, I found that out by accident, yeah, okay. um, stumbling around the net. I found out on this uh, one uh, from The Hollywood Reporter that it's been canceled, so there you go. There isn't going to be a third one that, after all. That was the, uh, the the Order of Seven, right? The Order of Seven is the name of the film, and it stars the girl's name, the girl who I can never pronounce her name, so if somebody it's wants to... Uh, <coughs> it's Sia Show. 
Saoirse Ronan. Um, there you go. Thank you very this much. This one was the one that was supposed to be based more around the uh, the dwarves, the right? The dwarves. That's exactly right. So yeah, the, yeah. the idea was yeah. it was originally going to – starting life as a retelling of Snow White, and apparently with everything else that's been going on in Hollywood, it's been re-adapted uh, and readapted and readapted into this new kind of weird film that isn't about really about Snow White at all, even though she's a character in it. But apparently after the uh, aftermath of John Carter, Disney has dropped it. So it is not going to happen now. So there you go. That's the news on that. So there is only two Snow White films this year, not three after all. Oh, wait, hang on. I'm sure um, Asylum's got one in the works. <laughs> I, would, I would not doubt it at all. Uh, Richard. If you get really specific, there's probably going to be a porno as well. <laughs> all the Snow White XXX uh, uh, um, um, parody. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Snow White does the Huntsman. No, anyway, let's move on and say, <laughs> <laughs> and say Richard, did you have to? Yeah, I'm going to hit you with a little bit of this and we'll quickly talk about it. All right. New York, 1922. The tempo of the city had changed sharply. The buildings were higher. The parties were bigger. The morals were looser and the liquor was cheaper. The restlessness approached hysteria. Shall we? Who is this Gatsby? Do you know him? War hero. Mr. Gatsby doesn't exist. Gatsby? What Gatsby? Oh, yeah, Yeezy and F. Scott Fitzgerald together at last. <laughs> All I can say is, oh, the sequel to Moulin Rouge is finally here. Um, <laughs> and, and let me follow that up with... <laughs> There's been I, the reason I wanted to include this quickly is this been this has completely polarized the net this week the uh, the new uh, trailer for The Great Gatsby by uh, Baz Luhrmann, uh, not least of which because it opens with the uh, Watch the Throne track there, um, <laughs> which we don't know whether or not that's actually going to be in the film. Of or course, it, it will be. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, somebody actually points out in the trailer that he's uh, misspelled Sigfield Follies um, in one oh, of the wow. posts. Yeah, oh, of so I'm not he quite. Has. Yeah, good one. Yeah, no. It was, I, I look. I'm. I'm interested. It's going to be in 3D. It looks interesting. I love the design of the film, but you know, after Australia, this could go anyway. Yeah. I got. I, I. I gotta say, it. It doesn't thrill me at all. I watched the trailer and I just went, "Oh God!" And then, it, of course, the fact that it's shot in 3D, you sit there, go, "Why? Why?" Well, well, yeah. look, I'm 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 sitting more to Richard's side with this. I'm going. Look, I'll I'll definitely I'm I'm open to see what it's like, but um I'm kind of sitting there going, is there any way I could watch this on my couch while doing something else? <laughs> <laughs> is there any way I could do this half-assedly and kind of watch that, but not at the same time? Because I don't know if it's going to grab me enough to like watch it with all my energy. I looked I, at that I, 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 and I was like, look, it looks exciting, but I'm kind of so off him right now that I'm kind of like, uh, I, I just don't know if I can go there. I'm going to throw this out to the listeners, and I'm going to say, if you want us to review The Great Gatsby when it comes out, we will. Otherwise, I'm avoiding it. <laughs> yeah, David, I don't think there's anything else out that way. It comes out the 10th of January in Australia, so I think you might have to. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. <laughs> we'll be taking a break from the show that week. I yeah, guess. I think we'll take a week off. <laughs> yeah. And you and me will do our own show. Yeah. We'll oh. just do actually without the gig. <laughs> we'll just do a whole Baz Luhrmann special. Oh, it'll be oh, Baz actually. 
Baz actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Baz actually. Dudes, we're running out of time. Let me just throw out there. We'll just do this really quickly and just say that The Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller classic comic book, is coming to DVD soon. Uh, it is being <laughs> it is being produced by uh, Bruce Tim, and yeah. uh, I am way excited, <laughs> especially when I found out that Peter Weller is going to do the voice of Batman. Oh, Robert right. Batman, yeah. Fuck yeah, that just sounds like win in my books. <laughs> Absolutely, I can't wait. And, and, and Bruce like Tim. KFC and Macca's joined together, and that just actually <laughs> sounds disgusting. And Bruce Tim and is it, taking this really seriously. He says in the uh, in the uh, Hollywood Reporter article that this is like the flagship of all comic books next to Alan Moore's The Watchmen, and he goes, you got to do this right. Yeah, well, it's good to see they're taking this serious. So I'm very excited about that. And Richard, take us home. What's this about Harrison Ford? Uh, well, apparently, uh, Ridley Scott is thinking of having him in a little cameo um, in the um, Blade Runner sequel, um, and he says that he thinks that he'd find it. He, he said he'll find a little part from there that'll be quite funny. So uh, obviously, he's, he's already stated that he's not going to be the leading character in this, and that it's going to be a female protagonist set somewhere in the future and it'll be a, a, a you know a sequel to the original Blade Runner. But it doesn't mean that uh, Decker can't turn up somewhere, and the Decker can't turn up there. Especially somewhere. I so hope that I hope that there's like an assembly line of Deckers, and it finally kills out that concept of whether or not. Yeah, he's actually uh, a robot. I was about to say like, that there's just like a shop front with all Deckers in it, or something like that. That would make exactly. Oh, that's exactly what I was about to say. If he if if you take Ridley Scott's answer to Blade Runner, then there's no reason why he couldn't be in it. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could set it 500 years in the future and he could still be in it. Anyway. <laughs> you know. I reckon at the end of Prometheus, you'll see it in assembly line of decades. So. <laughs> He'll be the new crew member on the ship. Right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Please. <laughs> Combine just, all his worlds, Stephen <laughs> King style. Oh, yeah. As you, you can imagine uh, the Deckard assembly line going past, you can just hear this low hum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, dude, we are out of time. we got one minute to wrap this up. Josh, where can people find out more about you on the internet? Well, they can find me as a... Uh, <laughs> uh, raw is a gaming website go over and check it out it's full of fun stuff uh, and videos yeah. and things and, and and all sorts of shit cool excellent richard tell us um, I will pass. <laughs> <laughs> um you can find me at therealbits.com that's the com, um or on uh, twitter and tv and you can find me at geekactually.com or on Twitter at Dave McVeigh. And that's it, guys. We're out of time. Bye. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Get you later on down the trail. <laughs>